The Rugby Player Podcast is back. This week, we speak to Mitch Wilson of the New England Free Jacks. Mitch has been with them now for both their seasons since coming into the MLR. Uh, ex-graduate of Life University, where a handful of other guys have graduated from that program. Obviously, pretty high caliber of college rugby coming out of there. And uh, off the back of that, Mitch also is doing some coaching with Dartmouth University up in the Northeast. So awesome to speak to Mitch. Uh, he's been living in the US now since he was 15, uh, originally from Australia. So a few things in common um, and always great to catch up with him on all things on and off the pitch. hope you guys enjoy the episode. Have you got me? Yeah, got you now. I think it's just connecting. Yeah, sweet. Beautiful. How are things? Good, mate. Yeah, good. Um, no complaints. Just uh, enjoying an off week up here. Um, so no training this week, which is good. How about yourself? We uh, we had that last week. So um, back to business this week, going into uh, Atlanta, which I say will be a pretty physical one. So oh, yep. Boys, boys are primed. Um, Mate, last weekend, real quick, is that the first time you've played against your brother? Uh, second time, actually. I played against him last year in the, um, the shortened okay. season. So he was, he was one of the games we played out in Vegas on that um, rugby weekend. I guess I think it was the following week after playing you guys in round one. So um, he got the W that, that time. So it was good to be able to go against him again. Yeah, one for one now, which is good. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you yeah. um did you guys face off at all? Uh surprisingly we didn't, eh? Like um saw him I think once in a breakdown and um went to clean him out and then didn't even realise it was him. Like you kind of just forget about that stuff when you're out there and then another time he was um playing flanker obviously in the scrum, so we'll send up for a set piece move and I remember he was like looking up to see where we were going and I was kind of messing with him a little bit there, but um, no, no face-offs um, during the game, which was, um, you know, I'll leave that for next time, hopefully. Yeah. Right. And then in, in terms of family division, like where, where's the stance in terms of who's supporting who? Um, it was pretty funny actually. So mom, um, I was actually chatting to someone about this earlier today, but mom was, um, supporting the Free Jacks because it was our first home opener. So okay. um, she was she was going for Bales the week before when Utah had their um, home opener for the season. So um, she came out to Boston and was rooting for the Free Jacks, which was um which was good. She wasn't wearing any kit though, so I have to get her sorted out with some some kit for next game. Right. Um, yeah, mate. She um your mum might be an MLR pundit. She's she's two from two then because Bale had a pretty good win the week before, right? Yeah, yeah, he did actually. Yeah, so I may have to um just yeah get some tips from her or you know get her to start putting some money on some teams, I guess. <laughs> yeah, keep keep that off the books. Sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, quite a quiet one, eh? Yeah, and mate, um, other new look um this season for you is no headgear. The iconic headgear is gone. Why? Why is that? Oh, it's actually pretty funny, eh? Like, I I don't know. I was just, like, I was training all preseason without the headgear and um, just to get, like, a bit more confident not wearing a headgear and just around the collisions and stuff. And then it came to, like, our first internal hit out. And I was like, I haven't worn this all preseason. I may just get rid of this. Um, 
And it was pretty funny. I said to one of the boys on the team, I was like, oh, do you think I should wear it? And he was like, no, nah, you, you should wear it. Like, you, you know, definitely wear it. I was like, no, nah, I think I'm all right. I shouldn't be able to, you know, if I'm going to get a head knock anyway, it's not going to protect a whole lot, I feel like. Um, and then fair enough, that game, I uh, got a nice cut to the forehead right where a headgear would have been. So um, probably not the best of luck. But yeah, mate, just decided to, to ditch it for the season and um, maybe that'll be maybe that'll be the new thing. You are feeling lighter and faster because of it? Yeah, oh, a little bit. I just can hear a bit better as well, not feeling as clunky around the head. And I feel like some sometimes like players just like suit a headgear, and I just didn't think I was one of those players. So I was like, you know what, I'm I'm ditching this uh, just for the uh, the pickups after the game. It only uh, <laughs> it only took you what six seven years to. Come to yeah, that conclusion. yeah, yeah. It was like what I think I I um I I put it on my second year of college. So yeah, it's been a few years, and you know, I just a new headgear every season wasn't wasn't the move. So I just decided to um to hang it up. So what we're seeing moving forward then is just your gram blowing up with more headshots of me yep. without the headgear. Yeah, absolutely. Good some shit. uh some better content. Good shit. Well, mate. Um. Let's dive into it. Appreciate you coming on. Um, not sure if you've listened to a few previously, but um, for our listeners as well, just like to reach out to players around around the league at the moment with Major League Rugby kicking back off again and um, just sort of getting a behind-the-scenes take from players, what they're doing on the field, off the field, um, all that stuff, mate. So I think the best place to start is just give us a quick little introduction into you and your pathway into the Free Jacks. Start wherever you want. Sweet as well. Um, yep, my name's Mitch Wilson. Um, grew up in Western Sydney, Australia. Um, moved over to the US when I was sixteen. Um, with my parents and my younger brother. Um, due to my parents' work, so moved over when I was sixteen. Um, into Florida. Um, played a bit of high school footy down in Florida, and then um, decided to go to college up in Atlanta with Life University, and had a pretty good stint down there for a few years, and then. Um, you know, kind of a, a door open to be able to do a bit of work up here in New England, um, both coaching and playing. So um, kind of took that and ran with it. And um, that's what's brought me up to New England. So it's been a – that's a, a very shortened um, summary into to what's brought me up here and we'll dive deeper into it. But, yeah, that's that's kind of the the quick notes there. Mate, very efficient. I want to, um, I want to go back to the early days – Western Sydney, all your footy back then was rugby league, right? Until you were about 15. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yep. So I grew up um, playing uh, for Emu Plains Juniors Rugby League um, in the Penrith and District Comp. And I think that's probably one of the toughest junior rugby league comps um, going around. So um, loved every bit of that. Um, being a, a little white boy, um, went against some big Islanders, which was a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, mate. From there, from under sixes up until under fifteens, which was which was great, and you know the quality of, of rugby league out in Western Sydney's is pretty good right now. And um, as you Best can see, with country. some of yeah, 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 it, it is pretty good. It's it's definitely up there. So um, you know, thoroughly enjoyed that, and always kind of in the back of my head wanted to go to Union. My old man, um, he played uh, Union with uh, the Penrith Emus out there, and um, you know, not not the best side, but um, you know tagging along he, he was always playing rugby with them so kind of always intended on going to, to union but um 
you know, just grew up playing league where, where it was a bit more of a competition, I guess. I, I always love hearing this from guys we get on here, but um, in your pathway in rugby league in those younger age grades, like obviously Penrith is such a, a nursery for the entire NRL. Like, were there any any guys that are playing professionally now that you were playing junior footy with at the time? Or yeah, yeah, there there are actually so um a few players um so I, I, a couple of players that were on my um, club side um uh, are playing now um. You know, someone that I played with um, who's playing for Penrith right now is Tyrone May. He's coming off the bench most games, I think, for Penrith and uh, played against him in the club level and then um, shared the field, um, you know, for Penrith junior representative side or whatever it was. So that's one player. And then a couple other players, um, Tyrell, oh, mate, I don't want to butcher his last name, so I'll just, we'll leave it out. But he's right playing for, um, I believe, the Parramatta Eels and then um, Corey Waddell. Um, yeah. Played with played with him on on my team. He's playing for uh, I think the Bulldogs right now, and then um, I think Nathan Cleary. He's a, a young gun. He was a couple of years below me actually. So um, that's another player that's that's doing real well. And I think there's a few others scattered around um, throughout teams or in um, you know the, the division below um, NRL. But yeah, definitely um, play with some some good ballers back then. Hundred percent, and I have to say like. Just knowing that background and and the humble beginnings of Western Sydney rugby league competitions, mate. Like, how much of that's influenced your game today? Um, do you think? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely humble beginnings. Um, you know, I think playing with with uh, Amy Plains, we got um, some some points put on us against some of those some some of those better more. Um, experienced sides like St. Mary's and stuff like that. I remember always getting pumped against them, but no, it's definitely um, influenced my, my playing now. I think it's, it's funny um, being a, a smaller player. A lot of guys are like, geez, you can, you can hit people. You can whack people. Like, and it's like, well, I grew up having to, like, yeah. I've got this photo on my phone of like under 13s, um, Penrith junior, like rep side. And it's, it's like all these man childs. And you see me looking like a, the the water boy or the ball boy for the team right in the middle up front it's pretty funny but yeah I think that's definitely influenced the way I play a little bit and um you know I guess always having to punch a bit above my weight um you know especially on on defense and stuff like that so um and then also just kind of you know yeah the, the humble side of things and it just enjoying the game and kind of not taking it too serious I guess that's epic. I um, I mean, it's across the park, rugby league and rugby union, but that part of the world, going to any junior competitions, there's always one or two kids with a moustache at 13 years old that are about <laughs> 20 kilos bigger than everyone else. And you just oh, like, yeah. fuck, we're in for a day. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, a moustache on probably three quarters of the team would be would be a more accurate uh, yeah. explanation there <laughs> oh too good too good well mate um obviously transition into a bit of club rugby when you were back over in Oz as well but tell tell me about first hearing about moving to to Florida and and sort of where your mind was at um with your footy pathway did you know yeah, was... much about any sort of rugby in the states or like what was that like oh Oh mate, like to be completely honest, I when I first found out, obviously I you know, fifteen, sixteen years old, growing up in, in Western Sydney where, you know, 
the thought of going to America was probably a bit scary. Um, you know, I was pretty against it to begin with and, you know, wasn't too keen on doing it. And then I think it just, it was a kind of a long process, obviously, um, getting the visas sorted and stuff like that, that it, that it did grow on me a little bit. And, um, you know, but as far as rugby goes, I thought that that might be the end of kind of my playing days. I hadn't heard of much rugby in America and probably being a bit naive of me, you know, as a, as a young buck. And I was like thinking, oh, they don't play rugby over there. Like they don't know what they're doing. And, um, you know, my mum had reached out to, I think the Orlando under 19s, um, like youth side and was like, no, there's a, there's a team in Orlando, you know, I've already reached out to the coach. He's excited for you guys to come over. And, um, you know, so it grew on me a little bit. And then, you know, when we first moved over, um, I think we, we drove down to a training session. I was probably just being a bit, um, you know, not rebellious, but just kind of a bit salty about the whole thing. And um, we showed up to training. And I think I sat in the car that first session when my younger brother was probably like 12 at the time. He was going and running around with the under-19s. And um, I think after training, he came out and, you know, the coach came up to the car and I was probably a bit embarrassed that I didn't come and join them for that first session and, um, you know, introduce myself to him. And um, I actually couldn't start high school right away in, in Florida. So it was a I was like, all right, well, you know, maybe I'll get out now and, and play a bit of rugby and get to know some mates and stuff. And honestly, like, I probably fell in love with the game again down there, just being like, I'd say, like, you could probably agree with this, but just, like, the way the Americans love, have that love for rugby and, um, you know, like, coming from different sports, like, saying things like, you know, I used to play football, but now I play rugby. And, you know, I love that, like, you know, and kind of just, falling in love with the game again and, and it just kind of being a bit more lax and not having to do well or compete for, you know, to play on a rep side and stuff like that. It was just like, Oh, I'm just here to make mates and, and, you know, train and have a good time. And um, yeah, I actually fell in love with the game again. And, you know, even then I didn't think that, you know, I'd be going to college in America for rugby or, you know, have the opportunity to play professionally. Um, you know, that certainly wasn't on my mind, but it was just like, Oh, you know, I'm here to make mates and, I'm enjoying it for now and, you know, see what happens, I guess. A hundred percent on that mindset with the American rugby fan. I think you, um, you realize that back home and just like in rugby popular countries, you sort of take it for granted. Like it's just an expectation that it's part of, part of the culture and part of the environment you're in. And, and when you come, come to America, ex- exactly like you said, it's just like people are so like passionate just from like the most, raw sense of the game and just the culture around it and it I, I challenge anyone from overseas that comes to America and experiences that with a rugby fan that you know they, they don't have that reinvigorated um passion for the game just from those types of conversations so I totally get it mate yeah yeah absolutely exactly what you said like I couldn't agree more with yeah just it being you know kind of just an, a part of the you know the sport I guess in Australia it's just oh that's just what you do you play footy you know you play rugby or you play league or whatever it is, but over here, it's, you know, it's something different. Um, it separates you from all the other sports. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a, a whole nother love for the game over here. And it's, you know, it's pretty special as, you know, it definitely caught on to me and, you know, and I adopted that love uh, pretty soon after playing again over here. So it was great. Talk to us about the environment at the Orlando under 19s. Cause I assume that was a club where there was guys from, you know, all walks of life, different, different yeah. high schools, yeah. stuff like that. So How'd that all work out? Oh, it was pretty special, actually. Um, so the the coach of the team, he was actually a 
um, a high school teacher at one of the, the local high schools, but there was probably, you know, six or seven different high schools um, that made up the club team. And I remember, you know, sometimes we'd have 10 people there, um, you know, pulling tooth to get people to come out to trainings. And, you know, it was pretty funny, like people wearing basketball shorts because, you know, rugby shorts were too short to wear. And, um, you know, like every training session basically being a, just a touch session. But, no, it, it was definitely, um, you know, it's humbling to, to meet people from, you know, all different walks of life and, um, you know, to, to learn more about, I guess, the American culture and, you know, where people come from. And, you know, some people had next to nothing, you know, um, that we, you know, I remember I'd pick up people on the way to training that, you know, came from, um, you know, tougher backgrounds than what I certainly grew up with. So it was, it was definitely um, a great experience to, get to know these guys and you know I remember rugby being like such a a good outlet for um some of the players on the team and you know just yeah really enjoyed that and I think it yeah it's definitely something that I wasn't used to and and uh, a new experience which was awesome what was the competition like that you guys were playing in um so it was like the Florida youth competition so I was I mean it was um I don't know. It was, it was pretty interesting. Like it wasn't obviously wasn't what I grew up with. And, you know, I think even as far as America goes, I don't know if Florida's the most competitive um, rugby, um, but look, it, it was, it was still, still not bad. You know, I enjoyed it. We had, um, I remember every, every Saturday it was probably driving four or five hours to the, to play against, um, if it wasn't a home game to play against the other teams because it was teams all over the state. So I remember, um, you know, I think there was a, there was a team down in Miami, uh, a Fort Lauderdale team, a, a Naples team, which actually, that's why it was always pretty good. Um, and then um, a Daytona team, so you know teams from all over Florida, and it was, you know, it was I think it was a bit of a scramble, similar to what we were dealing with in Orlando, with um, getting numbers out and stuff like that. But I mean, it, it was good. You know, I think, um, you know, if anything, the the games were a bit loose. You know, the refereeing wasn't quite there so you'd have some shots off the ball and some some uh some interesting stuff going on in in the bottom of a breakdown but um no it was good competition you know and it was it was it was a way for me to be able to enjoy enjoy the game again which was sweet was your brother playing as well yeah yeah so I actually um had my younger brother and then my older so I have two older brothers and then one of one of my older brothers who's just a year older than me he was also playing. He came over a bit after we had first moved over, and um, he had played a season. So for for a while, there was um, three of us on the same team. Um, I think this was when when Bailey used to be a back before he hit his four foot growth spurt. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was pretty cool to be able to share the field with those guys again. And um, you know, it was easy on mum and and dad, obviously growing up driving to multiple different games on a Saturday morning to be able to kind of all, all be in the same place was probably a bit relaxing for him, actually. Surely the Wilson brothers got a bit of a reputation around Florida rugby circles, three Aussie brothers playing in one team together. Like, that must have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was um, yeah, I think, I think we definitely were able to, um, you know, we – Increase the level of of rugby for the Orlando team. That's for sure. You know, in in a humble way, I, yeah. I, I say that. You know, not to come across as um, a dick or anything. But yeah, no, it was it was fun to be able to play play with my brothers. And um, you know, I think it was pretty funny going against other teams where 
they're like, wait, they got the Australians? Like, what the heck? You know, where do they come from? You know, because it's pretty random. Obviously, three Aussies just end up in Florida playing rugby for the for the local high school team. So it was, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Hundred percent. All right, let's talk business, mate. Forget about rugby for the next five ten minutes. Yeah. High school in Orlando, Florida. Tell me about uh, that, mate. So I actually I went to a couple different high schools. Um. It was funny. The first school I went to, the winter. So, all right, let me get let me get the backstory right. So, when I first moved over, um, my zone school, uh, it's called Seminole High School. It was actually um, at full capacity, so they're only letting in like incoming freshman students and not, um, you know, transfer students or yeah, exactly. So I had uh, the option to go to three different high schools and um, decided to go to this school called Winter Springs. Had really no idea about, you know, what that school was. Didn't know anyone there. None of the rugby boys were at that school. So I was kind of all by myself there. And, you know, my younger brother was still in middle school at the time. So I was like, all right, you know, and I was actually pretty keen at this point to start school and, and make new friends. And, you know, obviously growing up on watching movies where you see like the the jocks and, the, you know, the, the cheerleaders and, um, you know, the different cliques within the school. And, you know, I was excited to not have to wear school uniform and all that stuff, you know, that you grow up with in Australia. So started at this one school and, um, mate, dreaded it. Um, just wasn't wasn't the place for me, I don't think. Um, How so? Oh, look, I honestly, like, I just struggled to, to make friends. Like, it was it was pretty tough. Like, it was, it was brutal. Like, there wasn't, you know, I remember growing up in, in Oz and it would be like, you know, the new, the new person and, you know, people be like, oh, hey, like, where are you from and stuff? And, like, you know, you get to know them a little bit and, you know, you gauge, like, all right, like, you know, I'll, I'll show this guy around or, you know, I know who may be interested in hanging out with this guy or whatever. And I just, like, didn't get that opportunity. It's such a, like, the high schools are so big over here where you just kind of just, like, go right in and it's like, oh, well, you know, I'm sure he knows people or I'm sure he has mates and, you know, like, stuff like that. So I didn't really get to, to meet friends off the bat and then, I remember like I was in like gym class and um, playing basketball in, in the in the open gym and like I'd come from Oz where like shorts below your knee were were not acceptable, you yeah. know, and uh, I was wearing like shorter athletic shorts and, you know, one of the guys was like, why are your shorts so short, man? Like, you know, I was like, oh, that's just where it is where I'm from, you know, and he's like, where are you from? I was like, oh, I'm from Australia. And he's like, no, you're not. I was like, oh, all right, like, fair enough. Um so I don't know. I just struggled to make make it. You know, I had mates in class and stuff, but then you would have like different lunches to them. So kind of just, you know, found found a, a pretty humble group of friends to hang out with at lunch and um, outside of school. I was always hanging out with my rugby mates that were at different um, high schools in the area. So the first six months, like, kind of dreaded it. And, you know, I was still obviously had all my mates back home in Australia and was like, I need to get back to Oz, you know, and and finished school over there and, um, you know, was actually able to transfer high schools over that summer. Um, so this was what I guess second semester of my junior year, so year 11, um, and was able to transfer for my senior year to a new school. And, um, you know, when I transferred to this new school, I actually like, fell in love with it and was able to make friends right off the bat. And, you know, it was more of a, a place where I could see myself making friends and stuff. So, um, Definitely enjoyed that that second school. That was uh, Lake Mary High School, and um, yeah, that that was a good good time there. And um, a night and day difference from you know that first school that I joined. I think as well, like joining 
a school in the middle of the school year, like second semester when I first joined was probably another reason why people were like, oh, you know, I'm sure he has friends. Like, I, you know, they no one really would have known that I was a new student. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, so I was just like, I don't know, I was pretty quiet. I remember just kind of going about my day being the, the one lost Aussie um, in the school system with, you know, I remember even just like getting set up with my classes and stuff for that first school. It was like, you know, um, so have you taken algebra or you taken algebra two or have you taken trigonometry and all these different classes where, you know, in Australia, you just, you just take math, yeah. you know, and then you take it and you take it again the next year. And you, so I'm like, Oh, I've done a bit of algebra. I've done a bit of this. I've done, but like just the way they transfer, like I probably would have been better off if I went to an international school or something like that. But um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty um, a tough transition, especially like as far as grades. I remember it wasn't until, the day before I, or two days before graduation of high school that like I'd finished all my classes and, and was going to graduate on time. Um, just because, yeah, the, the credits, the way they transferred, I was way behind in school and I was taking uh, multiple classes in like the computer lab. You know, I think I was taking six additional classes on top of the classes that I was already taking one semester um, and just busting all these classes out in the computer lab all day. So um yeah, mate, it was it was a pretty interesting experience in high school in Florida, but like look it it definitely, you know, shaped me and um, you know, probably humbled me a little bit coming from from Australia where I grew up, um, you know, going to high school where all my brothers went. So I had mates before I even went there and um obviously rugby mates outside of school and you know, to come over to Florida and kind of be like, oh, All right, who am I sitting with this lunch, you know, or you know, where am I what am I gonna do today? So um yeah, you know, it was definitely humbling. And then you know, it worked out well to, to transfer schools and to be able to make some mates at that new school that I went to and really enjoyed that. And, you know, still have still have mates down in Florida today that they're at that second school that I went to. So uh, all panned out all right. So um, no complaints. And, you know, I think being in the computer lab was actually, you know, a, a good thing, being able to catch up all those classes, which kind of gave me an opportunity to, to go to college over here and, you know, to graduate. Uh, high school with American um, American high school diploma it was probably a bit easier than being an international transfer coming over. So uh, it all it all worked out. Hundred percent, well. mate. I'm gonna tread very carefully here, and I know you're gonna do the same. I appreciate that you've got an amazing better half that you've been with for a while now. But socially, Florida must have been fun at a high school level as well. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, yeah, mate, like, it, it, was a, it was a good time. Yeah, 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 no, no, uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it was, it was funny, like, um, especially at that, that second school I went to, I remember, like, a, it was pretty, uh, an affluent area, I guess, you know, where it, we all kind of lived in gated communities in Florida with, um, uh, people driving their golf buggies around and, you know, there'd be in house parties when, um, parents were out of town and, um, it, it was pretty loose to be honest, you know, I remember obviously growing up in Western Sydney, you have a, a house party and it's probably a, a bonfire out the back with, you know, a few guys having beers to like something that would look like project X. Um, you know, I, I remember <laughs> there was the a couple of guys that, for. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember like a few guys even like would have their GoPros trying to make it almost like to create content. This is obviously back yeah. in what, 2013, 2014, but I remember that that was definitely a, a funner side of Florida, and um, 
you know, yeah, did enjoy that. That, that was good great. stuff. Um, did, at, at, at any point, did you sort of have the idea that you just get through high school in Florida and potentially look at, at getting back to Oz um, for university or, or post high school? Or was it a pretty seamless transition to, to know you're going to college in the US afterwards? Yeah, look, like uh, that was probably my only intention was to go back um, to Australia. Like I said, like graduating, like up until I graduated, I was so focused on just finishing high school and getting all my credits sorted and getting everything in place to be able to graduate high school that, you know, most people in their senior year already know where they're going for college. And, you know, their senior year in high school is a pretty breezy year where for me it was the complete opposite really. You know, I was just focused so much on graduating that, I hadn't put much time into um, much time or thought into what was going to happen after college, you know, and then um, there was actually, sorry, after high school. And then there was actually, um, I guess like an opportunity for me to play um, some high school rugby for like the Florida all-star team. And um, that was right after I graduated that summer and um, played for them. And, and, you know, we had a tournament up in uh, Pittsburgh against other States all-star teams and, um, you know, lucky enough to win that, that tournament. And um, I remember there was a few um, uh, high school All-American selectors at that tournament, which um, they showed interest in me. And a couple of weeks later, I was fortunate enough to, to go on the, the high school All-American tour to, to Argentina. And it wasn't up until that point that I thought much about going to college in the yeah. U.S. And then, um, you know, I'd spoken to the coaches on, on that tour about, you know, is like rugby – in America for college and um, they kind of pointed me in the right direction. And I kind of spent that next um, six months, um, you know, doing a bit of work with my dad, but then also, um, you know, going and visiting a couple of different uh, colleges um, and kind of wound up at life university in Marietta. So yeah, it, it wasn't like, it wasn't something that I put too much thought into prior to, um, to graduating high school. And then I think, after I graduated, I was like, all right, let me just enjoy this for a little bit, you know, after being crammed for the past year and a half. And then, um, you know, I started visiting a few different schools and it wasn't until January of 2015 where I, you know, actually finally started college and um, was back into it. What were the college programs that you were sort of bouncing back and forth on and, and what was the yes. final final decision that got you over the line to go to life? Oh, like, so it came to, it was down to two programs. I was looking at um, the University of Arizona and, and Life University. Um, went and took a trip out to the University of Arizona. And I think, mate, like, that's a different place. Like, I probably had too much fun yeah. there and realized, like, oh, if I actually want to take school seriously. I mean, look, obviously, you know, it's a great school, University of Arizona, and great academics and, you know, like a, a huge big-name school. But I think knowing myself and, and the amount of fun that I had, even just on that short recruiting trip, that um, it probably wasn't the place for me. Um, every so time, went to every a more... time people talk about Arizona, the first name that people name drop, it's not rugby related, but Gronkowski. And I think that's a pretty accurate summation of <laughs> what goes on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, yeah. It was, it was funny. I, could, I remember there was a few... Um, yeah, I, I don't want to get anyone into trouble, so I won't go there. But like, it was it was a it was a fun time that recruiting trip. Um, you know, I remember like uh, Sean Duffy, the the head coach out there. We went to like a football game together, and um, oh man, I had a I had a blast out there in, in Tucson, and um, you know, 
maybe if I hadn't gone on that recruiting trip, maybe I would have ended up there. But yeah, just too much fun. So, you know, it's, it's a great place to have fun. And obviously, you know, they've got a great rugby program and um, even better academics. But I think um, for myself, I needed probably this, the smaller classrooms and the, the more humble beginnings out in life university. So um, kind of wound up there. And, you know, I saw that they obviously had a, a, a good rugby program, which um, I was excited about. And, you know, I was pretty close to Florida at the time. So, you know, still could go down to Florida and, and hang out with, you know, friends down there or, you know, spend some time down in Florida, which, you know, was pretty important to me at the time. Mate, 100%. And um, obviously your time at life was pretty effective um, as well, I think. Would you have one or two national championships at college level? Uh, mate, actually, uh, we had I was three. You so, into um, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, yeah, we had three. So, I um, was fortunate enough to, to play in a, a national championship each year um, that I was there. So I was, I was actually able to play because I started um, college, um, I guess, midway through. Like I started in January. Most people would start in that the fall of that year in September or August or September. I was able to play five seasons in four and a half yeah. years. Um, and during those five seasons, we won uh, three national championships, which was um, – you know, credit to the program and, and all the players that, you know, were involved during those years and the coaches and, and everyone else. So um, it was definitely a successful run and, you know, thoroughly enjoyed it. And, um, you know, I think that that was, you know, up until that point, obviously growing up in Australia playing, you know, rugby league and stuff, but was still young, but where I think like up until that point, that was probably the, the highest level of rugby that I'd played, yeah. you know, just – at college rugby, I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good, you know. This is good to be able to play some good rugby again. Um, yeah, and, and, and loved every minute of it um, down there in Atlanta. So What was, was uh, your first impression of playing with a bunch of Irish boys? Did you know that that was, that was a thing yeah. going into life or a bit of a surprise? Oh, it was actually um, – no, it was a bit of a Shout surprise. Shout out to the to live Irish contingent. Yeah, yeah, they're still still lingering around yeah. the US. Oh, they um, never leave once they're in. They're, have, they're permanent, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. I think a few. I think they've got a yeah. permanent residency now, actually, for the most part. Um, no, but it it was actually it was it was good because you know I spent I came over from Australia and, and kind of um, moved to Florida and you know I remember like you probably even here now like I picked up a, an American accent a bit um, during my time here, but I think like moving to Florida was so different and I almost like felt especially not making friends right off the bat and stuff I felt like I had to really try and fit in where you know I went back up to you know to college in in Atlanta and um, I'm not saying that Irish and Aussies are similar but like just having that like European culture I guess and a bit more laid back and you know the banter between you know ripping into one another and stuff was um, it was awesome like to, to be able to to have that up there and um, you know, those Irish boys are, are, are fun, fun guys and they're certainly entertaining. Um, you know, I'm sure you know, you know, Marcus Walsh and, and the Butcher and, um, you know, the list goes on with, with those Irish boys and they had a lot of fun down there and it was, it was fun to have fun with them and it was fun to watch them have fun. Just, just on those two, Butcher and <laughs> Marcus Walsh, you know, they've... Um... Pretty pretty confident in terms of how how successful their their time was at Life University on and off the field. Can you confirm or deny that what they're saying is accurate? 
Oh, like, oh, mate, like 100% um, can confirm that they had a good time. Um, at least Marcus, you know, Butcher was a bit older and he was more of a, he played for like the men's club team. So you would have played against him quite a bit yeah. with Nyack. And, um, but Marcus was, you know, one of the, like, sorry, Butcher was still coaching as well. He was involved in a bit of the coaching. So I didn't really get to spend much time with him off the field. But um, Marcus, you know, I spent some time with him off the field and he was, Oh, he's so so funny and like yeah an absolute character just like you know like somehow would get us around the, the long queues to get into bars like all of a sudden he's best mates with the bouncer or you know you're in you're in a bar and he goes up to the biggest scariest person in there and starts like like doing little punches in his in his belly and you're like oh marcus you're gonna get us in trouble mate like what are you doing and then like the guy just starts laughing and kind of like rubs marcus on his head because he's almost he's almost just like a cute cute person because he's just like small and like legendary i don't know it was it was pretty funny um spending time with marcus um down in atlanta and yeah he he's he's definitely had a good run down there and, and had a good time Notorious. oh yeah pretty no nah, oh yeah pretty notorious like there there were some nights where i was like geez I'm going to have to look after him before he gets in himself into trouble. Like he, you know, I don't want to speak too much for Marcus, but yeah, he, he, um, he loved it. You know, I think he had a, a great old time and it was fun to, to have fun with him. And yeah, we kicked off quite a bit down there. Mate, so that's it was epic. Fun. All right. So three national championships, um, got your degree sort of at life university. Um, what was it year, your second last or your last year that there was sort of like opportunities with the MLR to come up and, and like, did you have, you know, an inclination or a plan around where you might go? Yeah, I mean, look, it was probably like I think what there was a third, third last year is when like the MLR came about, and um, you know, I think that year was like the the, the MLR has obviously grown over the past three, four years. You know, it's gotten so much better each year, and certainly um, when it first came about, I was like, oh, I'd love to be playing in the MLR and there weren't as many teams as there were right now. And so, you know, I was just kind of open to, to whatever. And I think, you know, my second last year at life, there was talks of Atlanta having a team. And, you know, I think that that was pretty exciting, obviously being based out of Atlanta already. And, you know, to know that maybe a, a good amount of the guys that I was playing college rugby with would also be playing with Atlanta. That was um, pretty exciting. And then um, it wasn't until I think the last year where, you know, I, I considered other options, um, you know, I grew up, sorry, um, I, I played a couple of years uh, collegiate All-Americans with um, with James Willix as, as the head coach, and he's um, currently the head coach of, of Dartmouth and the uh, the assistant coach with the Free Jacks. And um, I, you know, got, had a liking with him. He's obviously Kiwi, so, you know, kind of kicked it off and, and, and enjoyed each other's company. And he moved over to the U.S. the same year I moved over in 2012. So, um he'd kind of just like mentioned something very briefly um, to me, like, Hey, would you be interested in, in getting involved in coaching? And um, it wasn't something that I put much thought into, um, you know, and, and I was just like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, we'll, we'll chat more about this later. I'm still having another year of college and, you know, in me and uh, yeah. And I actually followed up with James, I think, you know, probably six months to, to a year later and was kind of like, Hey mate, like, you know, would, would love to chat with you more about coaching. And, you know, I knew that there was a, the New England, um, you know, the Free Jacks were, were a team based out of New England. I didn't really know how 
coaching and, and being able to play would, would work. But, you know, it was picking his brains a little bit. And, uh, yeah, kind of, you know, he got me in contact with the Free Jack staff. And, um, you know, one thing kind of led to another and was fortunate enough to be able to, you know, pick up an assistant coaching role with, with Dartmouth College. And, um, and then also to be a, a player with the Free Jacks, which um, looked like I'm absolutely loving it to be able to, you know, to be able to coach and play and, you know, rugby kind of, not to sound cliche, but to, like for rugby to be my life is it's actually, you know, absolutely loving it. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, once I, I, you know, I was very interested in playing with Atlanta and there was obviously a bit of back and forth between, you know, Free Jacks and Atlanta. But, um, you know, I just was ready for something new. Um, you know, I knew like when I left Florida that, you know, those new things on the border and, you know, to go up to Atlanta and that was a, a great opportunity. And then after spending some time in Atlanta, I was just ready to kind of go and experience a different part of America. And, and, you know, it's obviously a huge country over here and each state can be so much different, or at least each region of, of the country can be very different. So um, to be able to, you know, play rugby elsewhere and um, to be able to coach as well with, you know, James and um, Dartmouth college, obviously being a, a very prestigious school, it was, um, you know, I jumped on board with that opportunity pretty Mate, that's quick. Epic. I want to um, definitely jump into what's going on now with the Free Jacks and, and your experience there. But before we do, how how was the conversation with Scott and Blake um, around leaving Atlanta? Was that... Oh, oh, mate, like I don't think I've yeah. been more nervous for a conversation in my life. Like I was, I was, yeah, mate, I was pretty nervous, like telling Scott, um, yeah, that I was... Like it all kind of came about pretty quick, to be honest. Like I was, I was still playing college rugby, and you know, I was kind of like putting putting it off because I knew what I what I really did want to do, and that was to be able to coach and play and and to experience a new part of the country. And but I'd kind of been putting off like saying anything because I just wanted to enjoy you know that last season of college rugby. And um, yeah, I remember there was like a an Atlanta kind of training day where they brought a few players in um, to kind of just check it out to get to know one another and um at this training day like scott had offered me a contract and i was just like oh yep like sounds good like kind of just knowing that that wasn't what i really wanted to do and um yeah kind of just sat on it for a little bit and then after i had that meeting with him, i remember like having a call and i was like hey look you know i just i think i need some more time and then um you know i think like three days later he's like hey i need an answer and i was like oh all right you know this is like this could this could be the like you know this is drawing the line here by saying you know I'm gonna be moving on um you know Scott's a great coach and a great person as well and you know would have loved to have played um under him again but you know I think just for my personal reasons wanted to to move somewhere else and yeah like I said that was a pretty nervous conversation for me to have um Blake on the other hand Blake's pretty laid back um you know I think he gave me a bit of shit Still does, um for going up yeah yes yeah still does probably you know i haven't seen him in a while i had a, I had a good chat with him in a while but um you know i'd say that he he you know can have a laugh about it and he knows um james willicks up here pretty well so uh, he knew that i was in in good hands and was you know excited for me where um yeah you know so it went well you know i, I was definitely nervous to have that conversation but um i think that's just one of the many things of, of growing up and not being uh, a young a young college student anymore and kind of just um, having to make decisions for yourself. So it was, I mean, a step in the right direction for me. 
um, regardless of, you know, where I ended up. All right, Free Jacks, mate. Um, their first season last year, obviously your first season in the MLR as well, five five weeks into the season, gets cut, don't get a home game. Um, you know, things are looking pretty positive in terms of where you were with your gut, with your record and everything. Um, and then, you know, just looking at the roster changes that you guys have had, particularly in the back line over the last 12 months, year to year, like how's... How's that sort of time been for you personally? Um, just seeing so much change and sort of just like such a versatile landscape um, in a new environment. Yeah, no, it, it, yeah, look, obviously the season getting cut short last year was um, a bit of a pity for everyone and, you know, everyone kind of going back to their, to their home, home nations or to their home state within America. And, uh, you know, wasn't a, a whole lot going on in that off season. And then, to kind of see some of these big changes happen during the off season. Um, you know, it's definitely quite a different roster, I think this year. And, you know, I think it, it's for the best, um, you know, some, some great players aren't with us anymore. And, you know, that's unfortunate, but um, that's kind of just how it goes. And I think, you know, it was, I wouldn't say a rude awakening, but, you know, I certainly realize that, all right, this is professional sports and, you know, sometimes it's a bit cutthroat and, um, you know, was just humbled to be able to be involved again this second year. And um, some of the players that they brought in from from overseas and, you know, domestic talent as well, it's it's uh, it's certainly some good competition, especially in that back line. You know, I think last year I was able to get almost complacent with, uh, you know, a starting position where I think, you know, every game this week I'm like, oh, am I going to make the squad? You know, it's, um, you know, it's a, it's a tough um, squad to crack and, you know, it's it's a it's a great change, I think, and you know, I think the the biggest change is probably the new coaches, new coaching staff, and um, I think that's made it easier on you know the start that the rest of the staff, the players, and you know the organize organization as a whole. Um, Bodine Walker, mate, he's um had a pretty good start to the season already. A couple of little injuries along the way, but like, what's what's he like, and what does he contribute to the program? Um, just around the environment. Oh. yeah, Walks is Walks is a great dude. Um. You know, he, he comes from, you know, some high-level rugby back in New Zealand, played some, some rugby with New Zealand Sevens. And, um, look, he just got, like, a, a natural understanding for the game. Um, you know, he comes from a rugby family. I know his sisters played the All Black, uh, the Black Ferns, I believe, uh, in, in Sevens and Fifteens. And, um, you know, just the way he reads the game and explains the game. And he's one of our leaders on uh, on the on the park, that's for sure. And, um you know, I kind of I definitely look up to him as a player and take notes from, from what he has to say. And, you know, most of the conversations he has, he's definitely adding value to, you know, the team or, you know, especially the, the back line and the, and the backfield as well. So uh, he's a great player and, you know, a great person off the field as well. He loves a, a Vortec. He, um, he, he loves to do a few of those, if you're familiar with what that is. And, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's a good dude. Um, who else do I want to talk about? I think... Um... Probably one of the, the big talking points coming into the season for the Free Jacks was um, around that 10 jersey and, and obviously rumours and whispers coming out of, you know, a six foot eight ginormous redhead from New Zealand <laughs> coming over. Like, what, what's, what's Boiler yeah, like, yeah. Um, in the program? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Boiler, he, he's, yeah, Harrison Boiler, he's, um, uh, he's a good, he's an, another good guy. Um, you know, obviously. He's he's actually yeah. only twenty one, recently turned twenty one, so he's pretty young. Um, but you know, he's 
again, come from New Zealand where, you know, growing up playing rugby since he was, you know, probably two years old. So brings a lot of experience to the game. Um, he's actually was coached under our head coach, Ryan Martin, down in Otago um, for the past couple of years. So him and our, our head coach, like, have a bit of banter with amongst themselves and they know each other pretty well, which is pretty cool. And, um, look, yeah, he, he's a, a good guy and, you know, I'm still – waiting to you know I think he's still got a lot more to offer and you know you'll see that probably over the course of the season as he starts to open up a bit more and we get our attack coming a bit more but yeah he's a great great guy and you know he's a pretty big 10 isn't he uh, you know can, can whack as well so um, another good player to come out there I think a few people have actually been confused between between him and uh, Tyg Leader our, our yeah. last 10 so I think you know we'll, we'll keep it within yeah. the gingers appreciate that hey um, I guess the next thing I want to talk about here is, mate, what's it? You're in a pretty elite and unique group of individuals. What's it like to get yellow carded after tip tackling one of your idols growing up watching the sport? Oh. <laughs> Honestly, like, oh, tell, man. Tell like I didn't even, I, oh, like I genuinely didn't mean to tip tackle him at all. I eh? like, I, I almost, like, I want to ask him this because I had a chat with him after the game. I didn't ask him. I was probably too um, just shell-shocked at, you know, having a yarn with him. But I was like, did you just kind of, like, this sounds silly, but, like, did you kind of levitate a little bit or just, like, kind of lift yourself off your feet? Because I did not tip him. But then, obviously, you look at the footage and you look at the picture that uh, I think one of the Giltini's photographers got, and it looks like I've, like it's almost a red card offense like oh my goodness like it looks horrible so um you know it's pretty funny like I was like oh that wasn't good you know I've got a yellow now I'm off for 10 um but I think after the game um you know especially a lot of you know the, the American supporters were pretty like stoked like wow you that was a massive hit like you rocked him and stuff like that which was pretty funny um but obviously you know growing up watching Adam Ashley Cooper and, you know, even Mac, you know, like just two studs out on the park to to not only make a, a, a hit on him, but to to dump him like that was uh, pretty absurd, mate. Like, I yeah, I, I definitely apologise after the game. And, uh, yeah, like I, I was just shocked that I'd even done anything like that. Like, I was pretty, pretty shocked. Like, right away, I was like, wait, did I drop him on his head? Like, what happened there? It was just all so quick that I – really had no clue what had happened and then, you know, didn't see a replay or anything of it until after the game. I remember asking my SNC coach, I was like, was it bad? And then I see the picture um, on Instagram, I think, afterwards. I was like, oh, geez, that's not yeah, a good Yeah, I mean, any time <laughs> you get a freeze frame where you slow those things down, it, it doesn't look good. But to, to, to no, your it, point, yeah, it, it did genuinely look in, like in real time, like he, he kind of moved with it. So it was it was Yeah, real it was awkward. interesting. I was like, I don't know, you've – Got over a hundred caps for the Wallabies. Like, are you smart enough to know that there's a bit of pressure on you and to just like hop just barely and get the yeah. like I don't know. But then again, it's probably just me, you know, making up excuses and I probably just hit him a bit. Mate, all there. good. I um, I'm sure you, I don't know years to come. Maybe if he sticks around, you'll get another crack at it and sort him out, get one back, whatever. But, um, mate, I want to, yeah, d- dive into a few of the personalities around the Free Jacks because there's certainly a few. Um, Fife on the wings. That is the Scottish kid. Dougie. Yeah, yeah. Mate, Dougie, he, yeah. Um, he looks like an absolute character on and off the field. Like, what's what's he like to be to be around? 
Oh, yeah, he's uh, he's just he's honestly just a, a great person. Pretty pretty humble guy. Like you know, I remember he came into um he came in a few weeks late, and I think Wax was out with COVID, and so I was running at fifteen, and uh, and then I like I was it was funny because like I was teaching him a lot of stuff, and I was like, wait, like you just come from Scotland, like and you're humble enough to listen to me. It was pretty cool. And then, um, you know, off the pitch, obviously with COVID restrictions and, you know, the bubble agreements and, and this, that, and the other, there hasn't been a whole lot of um, crack outside of, um, you know, a, a few drinks at um, one of the team housings. But, you know, I think he's um, – a few of his dating apps are, um, are popping off, that's for sure, you know, by by the looks of it anyway. So uh, he's, a, he's a good bloke and, you know, I think he – It'll be a bit of fun to to get amongst um as the season continues and you know maybe things open up. Yeah, a bit right. More and I stuff. was about to say just in team COVID bubble protocols and stuff like that. He's probably just doing all FaceTime stuff with the dating apps then. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I believe so. Um, you know, I think he was one of the most excited people ever to get his vaccine. Um, so I think he's vaccinated now. But yeah, look, you know, still still got to follow those protocols and um. You know, I think it, him and you know, I'm obviously, not too sure what goes on in that that realm. But um, yeah, those there's a few boys that are trying to get amongst it. There's another guy on the team that um every day is asking me how far away is this city? How far away is this city? And I'm like, oh, and I'm just picked on that. You know, obviously he's he's making matches in these cities. And I bet funny. um, well, I mean, what what was it like in LA? I bet it was it was pretty like lock and key for you guys. Um, in terms of that stuff as well, so hard to sort of experience the cities on tour. Yeah, yeah. Look, oh, to be honest, like our, our like our head coach as well. He's like a big fan of you know not being a rugby head. So like you know he doesn't want us to be confined to our hotel and stuff. And I think um, within the team, everyone's you know pretty takes it pretty serious and is uh, pretty keyed in on you know being smart about what you do, but. You know, as a team, we're able to go down to the beach. Um, I think we're down in Manhattan Beach. And then the following day, um, went for a little stroll around Venice and, you know, got to experience what that was like a little bit. And certainly, uh, I think, a bit different with um, with COVID, a bit quiet and um, not as nice as maybe what it would be like. But, no, it was good. We didn't go into the city or see, you know, the uh, – what is it? The, the stars yeah. in Hollywood and, um, you know, a, a, like anything too hectic into the city. But we're able to – go around, grab a coffee and, you know, check out, um, I guess, Venice and, uh, you know, Manhattan Beach a little bit, which was which was cool. And obviously, you know, a lot of those international boys were loving it. And just to be able to enjoy some, some warmer weather after, you know, being in a New England winter for the past uh, six to eight weeks. So 100%. that was good. So I guess the next question then is just around the squad. Who's, who's the biggest personality? Oh, um. I would say, um, and you've probably seen seen it all over, but like yeah. Eagle. So he's um he's our prop with the with the mullet, um, Kyle Secura. He's he's actually he's I think they make him seem uh like I don't know, like sometimes like people wonder if he's a bit of a joke, but he's actually such a good lad, like and just a good person and um, you know, you get around him any day of the week and um it, it's funny, like even after trainings, like He'll just give you a handshake and you're like, "Oh, Mitch, it's always a it's always a privilege." Like, and you almost think he's taking the piss, but he's being dead serious. He's just like such a a good person, and uh, you know, some of his banter is pretty funny as well. Um, you know, he loves to to place bets on uh, American sports. So, 
um, him and, and one of the other boys will, you know, all hours of the day will be watching, um, you know, I think it was March Madness yeah. when we were out in LA and, you know, screaming at the TV and stuff was pretty funny. But, yeah, he's, he's a, a big personality within the team. Who's that's the for biggest sure. footy head, footy nose um, in, in the squad? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I would say probably John Poland, our nine. Like, he's always watching rugby, always, like, you know, it's always some type of game going on in his TV. He's always keeping up with the podcast. He's probably an avid listener to your podcast and among many other podcasts. So I'm sure he'll be hearing this. But, um, yeah, he's he's a bit of a codehead, um, JP, and, um, you know, he loves it. So, he, yeah, he's a good dude and loves rugby. That's for Training sure. freak. The guy that's just pulling off crazy shit on the training paddock that, like, we don't see half of. <laughs> um, oh, I'd say Harrison Boyle, yeah. like, Boiler, like, our 10. Like, that's what I was saying. Like, I'm just – I'm waiting to see that stuff in a game. Not saying he hasn't performed. Like, he's certainly performed. But um, some of the things that I've seen in training, I'm just, like, almost mind-boggled, you know. And to see that um, in a game would be awesome. He's, he's a freak. So, um, yeah, to see some of his – some of his um, silky moves yeah, on the pitch. pitch would be sweet. Mate, um, coming on the hour there, that went pretty quick. But um, before we start to close things down, what's what's plans over the off week then for you? Oh, look, I'm up here in uh, Vermont. So this is where, um, you know, right next yep. to, to Dartmouth, um, which is actually across the, across the river, which is a different state. So it's a bit confusing. But just up in Vermont, resetting a bit. Um you know, not a whole lot going on, just taking it easy up here and, um, you know, enjoying some time with the Misso and, um, you know, taking it pretty casual. Obviously, it's pretty pretty quiet up here, not a whole lot going on. So just taking it pretty quiet, getting the body right. Um, got a few turf yeah. burns, as you, um, I'm sure you know about, which are just uh, probably going to take a few weeks to heal. So just trying to trying to get the um, cocoa butter on them and, and let those things heal. But, um yeah, not, nothing too hectic, mate. You know, I think yesterday I went and played a bit of um, – I went to the driving range and whacked a few balls with uh, the misses, which is a bit of fun. And, yeah, nothing awesome. too crazy. Well, uh, Mitch, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. I uh, appreciate I have to say, like, your pathway to where you are now, coming from Australia and, and playing footy in Florida and life and all this stuff, pretty unique experience. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's pretty yeah, random, so that's for it's, sure. Um, super interesting. I, yeah. I'm, I'm sure the listeners will get some some value out of what you, you've said today. So, mate, appreciate your time and enjoy the rest of the week off and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, mate, thank you. You as well and likewise and all the best for the uh, for the next couple of games coming all up. Right, and we'll, mate, we'll see you soon. Appreciate